afternoon. Welcome here to Sports Stars. It's Friday and that means it's time for the curtain raiser as we look ahead to another big week. It is Friday the 13th, but we're going to have a positive show here over the next while. However, for some counties in Camogie ladies football, their season is coming to an end for at least three Camogie teams and eight senior and intermediate ladies football sides. I'm Darren Kelly and delighted to be joined by multi-All-Ireland winner Rena Buckley. First, Rena, welcome. It's Friday. Thanks very much, Darren. Yeah, an action-packed weekend of sport ahead, so looking forward to that for sure. We certainly are indeed, and we're going to get into that in just a couple of moments. We don't often look back in this show, but while we've often talked about, say, often negative news comes out regards Camogie or ladies football, and I've no doubt it'll be one or two things we'll be discussing over the next week. Last week, a lot of our players were celebrated for their performances, like most notably Saoirse Noon in, in both football and soccer, Rebecca Henley's sideline cuts in Camogie, there was other top performers as well uh, in both Camogie and ladies football, and it was great to read about it and hear about it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I suppose, look, it's it's fantastic the amount of coverage that the, the ladies are getting. I think it's increasing. And the fact that during COVID, people got used to, you know, um, you know online coverage of matches and tuning in online, I think that's something that has been very, very positive for, you know, I suppose that games that haven't been like, you know, the men's top games. Women are getting, you know, that that kind of overall coverage. It's definitely after increasing in the media and it's definitely increasing in the mainstream coverage as well. So look, the skills are there and there's some there's some great action. And thankfully, it's there for all to view and it's being appreciated by many. And certainly we're really looking forward to it, even as you mentioned with the coverage here. It's Super Saturday on television tomorrow. We'll be getting into those games shortly. I have Tipperary, Cork against Clare first and Tipperary against Waterford in the All-Ireland quarterfinals in Porky Cueve. They're in RT2 on TG Car. A bit of a clash, but these things can't be avoided. Armagh against Mayo in the TG Car Ladies Football Championship. Now over the show here, we'll be talking about those senior Camogie quarterfinals. We'll also be touching on the Nancy Murray Cup final between Kevin and Tyrone, and we'll hear from the Tyrone Camogie manager Declan Sherlock and we'll be talking about our man against Mayo and also Cavan against Cork of course Cork are not in the semi-finals yet so we will be looking about that as well but Rena, first we'll go to Porky Cueve tomorrow Cork against Clare you said last week the manager that learned more from Galway and Cork would be probably the winner do you think Paddy Murray learned more? Yeah I think Paddy Murray will be very pleased after Cork's performance um, last weekend in Galway um, Luke Galway will top the group, so they'll be happy to go through. You mentioned Rebecca Hinley and and her sideline cuts. Like you'd have to say, her sideline cuts were worth four points to Galway, and they were nearly the difference between the two sides. Um, I thought Galway they had some excellent individual displays, but I think overall Cork will be quite pleased. I, I thought as a team they played quite well. I thought they worked the ball exceptionally well. I thought they were much sharper than their their previous outing against Wexford. Um, so look, they've a lot to they, look. They have they're not the finished article by any manner of means, but they'll be pleased with how, how they performed above in Galway. Galway, I think, are still I think they're still probably favourites to win the All Ireland. You know, they have some excellent individuals, and there are times there they just went long with the ball and they just reap rewards from it. And you know, they have some some very dangerous forwards. Their midfield in particular is exceptionally strong, um, and and their backline is is quite solid. So like. I think Cork will be quite pleased after that game against Galway, but like Galway would still be the favourites for the All-Ireland. Oh, and they are in the semi-finals at the moment. But a point I made with Amelda last night is that in the, since the quarter-finals came in in 2012, six 
winners have come through that backdoor route. The only team to book the twins were actually Cork in uh, 2017 and 2018. Um, so, like, Carl, we were in that semi-final exactly where they want to be. They wanted to avoid Kenny. Cork, of course, are, are, are there. It would be favourites out of the four teams, I think it's safe enough to say. And they were missing a few players against Galway. Hopefully they'll have a few of them back. But there were some good things to like about the Cork performance. There were some good things about the Cork performance? There was some good things to like about Cork's performance against Galway. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like, um, I suppose, look, we spoke about Amy Lee, I think, last week, and Amy Lee is fresh in the goals, and look, she's been waiting in the wings for, for, for a long time. Aoife Mori, obviously, has been an exceptional servant to Cork and has been an outstanding goalkeeper. And, you know, I thought Amy did, did very well, so that would be the first positive for Cork, you know, in a big game against a big team. Amy was very, very solid. She had a good game. Um, maybe one or two puck outs went, went over the sideline, but in general, I would have been very pleased with her. In terms of the backline, the backline were very steady, worked the ball very well out of the fence, and the majority of the time, the delivery from the midfield to the forward line was, was excellent. Um, at time, the Cork forwards got, got out-muscled by the, the Galway backs, for sure. The Galway backs are, are very strong. You know, they have, you know, Sarah Durvin is a, is a strong, strong operator, and... They have, you know, Siobhan Gardner at centre-back and she's, she's a strong player and she grew, grew into the game. You know, you have Tara Kenny back there and, you know, you've, you've, you've a very, very strong backline. But there were times when, when Cork's delivery was quite smart that they put those, you know, the backline under pressure. And I think they'll be pleased with that, that, you know, if they come up against any team, you know, that they know that if they deliver good ball, they can put any team under pressure. It was a game with a lot of freeze in the two, so it was low rounds of scores from play from both sides. And it's probably one area Cork will want to improve on. I think their attack got two points from play. Some excellent scores though from the defenders that stepped up, likes of Pamela Mackey in particular, and Hannah Looney and Laura Hayes. Yeah, um, look, that's a kind of a tricky one. I'd say that it would be Galway will be more lucky at the amount of score or freeze they gave away more than Cork being disappointed with how much they got from play. I mean, if Cork are working the ball into good positions and taking on their defenders, you know, it's, you know, if, if the Galway backlane are fouling them, then I suppose that's that's the Galway backs to look at. I think Cahill Murray will look at that and say, come here, <clears throat> if we don't do as much fouling, you know, how many scores are the Cork forward line going to get? So I think that's something that the, the Galway backlane will, will work on for the next day for sure. And I suppose on the flip side as well, I know Paddy wouldn't have been happy with some of the decisions made by the referee in that game, but uh, Carrie Dolan was player of the match with seven frees as well in the contest. Of course, the sideline cuts, you can't account for as well. So Cork, likewise, coming into this game and any future games, we will get to clear at the moment, um, will be determined to cut down on, on the frees they're giving away as well. Yeah, look, um, yeah, I suppose I, I, I looked looked at the game and look, I, I thought the ref did, did fine, to be honest. Sometimes in Camogie it can be hard to adjudicate, you know, you know, is it a badge or is someone standing their ground? It's, it's, it can be tricky at times, but look, overall, I, I, I wouldn't have too many complaints about the refereeing decisions last weekend. Well, Cork are still in the championship. We knew that going in. And of course, one o'clock tomorrow, they take on Clare. A uh, Clare team that, when you look at their underage performances, you feel they should have made a step up by now. They're back in the quarterfinal for the first time in six years. They had a bad second quarter against Tipperary. Look, they're going in as underdogs. I think it's safe to say that they'll do well to get a result here. But can they get a result here? Yeah, I suppose, look, Clare... Um... Claire, I suppose, lost to, to Tipperary in the first game and, you know, they'll have been very disappointed with, like you said, you know, in particular, their their first half. There was a strong win that day and Tip had the win in the first half and they really made hay, you know. They, they, I suppose they obliterated Claire in the first half, to be perfectly honest. No, Claire did quite well in the second half, 
but the damage was done in the first half. So certainly a learning point that Clare will, will want to take from that day is they can't afford to let the same thing happen against Cork. You know, they're going to have to come out of the blocks quickly and not leave that gap um, that gap occur. And, you know, I, I, I think they're, they're well capable of doing that. I, they came out and they had a great win then against Galway in the second, or sorry, against Dublin the second day. They scored, they scored 118. They put up a huge score. So, like, they have the talent. Um, they have that ability to play free-flowing camogie. They have, like, their, their spine is quite, quite strong. You know, they'll have the likes of, you know, they have their goalkeeper. She can score points from distance, actually, from long-range frees. Um, Ashton Corbett. They'll have Claire, Claire Hare. They'll have Nevo D. They'll have Emer Kelly in the forward line. They'll have Chloe Morley. You know, you know, they, they have the capability to, I suppose, to do damage. Um, I suppose, I suppose the, my worry for them against Cork is maybe they won't have the balance all over the field and Cork might be able to exploit that a little bit. But look, they'll have to get off to a good start. If they get off, off to a good start, don't let any big scoreline come up against them. They'll dig in and they'll get, you know, they'll get stuck in, in the second half. And, you know, you would know what way it will go. That defensive spine is going to be very, very important, as you mentioned in Roshi McMahon in that half-back line as well. Emer Kelly got four points in play against Dublin. Of course, I was at all interested. You mentioned Chloe Morey, and we know Chloe's very versatile anyway. And Morey McGrath in attack as well. Two attackers that have won all-stars in defence. Absolutely, yeah. But look, I suppose you have to... It's it's kind of horses for courses. So whatever team you're with, like if... You know, if, if if Chloe's wanted kind of up in the forwards, like you'll have to you'll have to put her up there for sure. You know, if she can get you a few scores, get her up into the forward lane. Um, you know, you know, Claire will need it. I suppose they they'll have to you know they'll have to be economical with their with their chances on on Saturday for sure. And you know, if Chloe gets a chance to stick the ball over the bar, she'll she'll be you know all of Claire will be hoping she'll be she'll be taking it. It's great to have Chloe back involved this year too because she'd taken the year out uh, at the end of last year and he cleared 14 changes in the panel at the start of the year. But it's great to have players like Chloe and Roshi McMahon and Nemo D back at the setup. Absolutely. And they came in against that in, in, in the Tipperary game. And, you know, I, I mentioned the wind already, but I suppose the players that came in that day as well, they helped to, to turn the tide as well. So, like, it was very obvious then, and, you know, they had a step up in their performance again against Dublin. And they'll be looking to have, have a further step up again against Cork. And if they can make that step up, you know, you know, they'll be very, very competitive on, on Saturday and they'll be hopefully a one over Cork. I think it's the first time is it since 2014 that clear in um in a quarter final. So it's a big day out for them. And they will be a bit nervous, but you know, a, a good start is, is crucial to them. And if they can get a good start, you know, Clare always play with heart. They won't be too afraid of Cork because they've got they, you know, they've got wins against Cork in the past in Cork. So Look, they'll give it everything. And, um, you know, if their big players play and they're economical up front, they're in with a good chance. It is. And just when you mentioned that game before we move on from this, of course, Clare on the quest of a wave at the time. They lost after extra time to the then All-Ireland champions, Galway, who weren't really shooting the lights out that season. Too. And they, they never really recovered from that game, I always felt myself. They lost the coin toss game to Dublin the following year and have really, really struggled until this year where their league form was encouraging. And, of course, they're in this position now. Absolutely, yeah. But like, I suppose, look, it's 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 hard to be it's hard to be strong every single year. Um, in terms of the club set up there, like I have to say, from experience against playing Ina Kilimona, they're a top class club team there. So Club Camogie is strong there. And um, Ina Kilimona have an excellent style of play. They have excellent players throughout the team, and you know they're they're a very good club um, club team in the Munster Championship. So there's plenty of hurling in Clare. Maybe things weren't. I, I'm not sure exactly, but. 
look, they haven't been as competitive in recent years as they were around that, you know, 2014 period. And and hopefully this will be the, you know, the, the push on again to get them back up to, you know, contesting quarterfinals and hopefully on to semifinals and finals. Well, it's great to have them top six. Will it be safe to say, Wina, that uh, we put the money down the table, we're sticking with Cork? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll give Cork the nod for this one. Say, yeah. <laughs> look, you, you'll be hoping that, look, Cork are probably further on their development than Clare. Like we say, it's the first time Clare in a quarterfinal since 2014, so they've, they've made a step forward. But, you know, Cork are, are much further down the line. So you'll be expecting Cork to, you know, to get over, over Clare on the day. I do expect Clare to put a, up a good, good performance down in Cork, um, but, but you'd expect Cork to be too strong. I certainly hope that we definitely do get that game as well because we've seen some great games between the two counties at underage level. That's the first of a double header. This game, I've, I said it to Imelda on the Skamogi show, I'm really looking forward to this one. Tipperary against Waterford. Uh, there's so much logic can go one way, there's so much form can go the other way. Um, what way do you, what, what are you expecting from this game? Yeah, look, it's um, this one, I, I, to be honest, is, 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 is a very, very um, mouth-watering encounter. Um, I suppose, look in Camogie, you have your, your top three teams, your big teams, your Galways, your, your Kilkenny's and your Corks. And I suppose Tipperary are trying to get up to that top table. And, you know, last year in the semifinals, they, you know, they played Kilkenny and they, they weren't far off Kilkenny at all. There's loads of talent in Tipperary, loads of talent. Their hurling is always excellent. Sometimes their physical conditioning, I feel, mightn't be quite as good. But having look, looked at them this year, they seem to be in a good position. Um they have a decent team. They have a, they have a very good team. Um, I suppose, look, they'll be disappointed. They're, they're going to be down two two players uh, that, that are probably important to them at the weekend. They're going to be down um, Warlord's Wire, who's going to be in Australia. She's playing Aussie Rules football. And I think Ashley Maloney is going to be suspended as well. So those two players are actually going to be a big, big loss for, for Tip. However, look, they still have a, quite a strong team. Carter Van is one of the top players in the country. She's she's magic up front, to be honest. She's really good. Um, if they can supply her with enough ball, and basically if, if you can get the players around her working very well, so if you can get your, your Grace O'Brien's, your Roisin Howard's, um, if they can get on the scoreboard, um, you know, it'll take a bit of pressure off Cot, and then Cot might be able to do the damage if she does not get as much attention. So, like, I suppose tip... Tip have a, you know, they, they would, Tip will be expecting to win, but this Waterford team are going very well at the same time. They're a team that are progressing away nicely. They gave Galway a good rattle last year. They stuck with them until kind of around the three-quarter mark. Um, and they'll be very, very eager to get to the semi-final. So this is going to be a big, big tussle. I think it's going to be a great game. And the reason I think it's going to be a great game is I think that both teams are loaded in their forward line. Um, I think the Waterford forwards are excellent. Um, and I think the Tipperary forwards are excellent as well. Um, so I think we're in for a cracker. Um, I, I, I honestly couldn't tell you who's going to who's going to be on top at the end of the day, but I, I would be expecting um, a real high-scoring, entertaining match. And the thing about this game as well that excites me, Rina, is that while every game is a knockout match, it's very, very important, and it's, win, it's winner-takes-all match. It's a kind of game that neither side can afford to lose for many of the reasons that you've touched on there, because... Tipperary have been the main candidates since Wexford went down the ladder to challenge in the top three teams. And you would feel that they have to get in to the semi-final and, and take on Kilkenny or Galway and try and get a result in a big win against Galway in the league. 
But for Waterford, it's their third consecutive quarterfinal. Their form has been pretty good this year. They went out of it in the second half against Kilkenny a little bit. But they'll definitely feel it's been a disappointing year if they're not in the final four by Saturday, by Saturday evening. Absolutely, yeah. They've been, you know, they've been progressing away kind of steadily. And um, look, their their marquee forwards are Neve Rocket and Bet Carton. They're both excellent players. But I suppose on top of that, they have a they have a really, really good half back line. They kind of launch a lot from their half back line. I suppose they have Lorraine Bray and Kate Lynch. They're two wing backs, they are, are very good. And they have um Iona Heffernan in at fullback. Um, so they'd be hoping that those players in particular can, I suppose, stem the tide from Waterford and that their marquee forwards up front will do the damage. Um, and like, I suppose, like you say, in, in Waterford, I, I think the, the mood has been strong there with the last couple of years. They've been progressing away nicely with underage teams. The senior team has been progressing away nicely. They've been doing well in the, in the club championships. So I think in the schools championships, they've been doing well as well. The Mercy and Waterford are doing quite well there as well. So, you know, they've, you know, things are going well for them in Waterford and certainly they'll be eyeing up 2020 as a year to make the breakthrough into, into a semi-final. You mentioned some of those forwards as well and we also give a shout out to Lorraine Bray who got the WGPA Player of the Month. Beth Carton won 14 at the weekend against Westmead. Always Beth Carton delivers too. Matchups are going to be very, very important and I could name like Roisin Howard and Cotton and Grace O'Brien as you said with Tipperary too but you would feel that, like for Bill Milani, if he can get the matchups right in regards to curtailing Beck Carton and Eve Rocket in particular, it might just shade things on, in their favour. Absolutely, yeah. So I suppose Tip have had Mary Ryan inside full back for, for the last couple of years, and um, like Mary's a, a, a fantastic hurler, and um, uh, she's my own go to be honest. <laughs> so she's been knocking around a while, and so I'm not sure if Mary's going to take take Beth or not. Um, but if she does, she'll have to use every trick in the book that she's picked up over the years, I'd say, <laughs> to stay on top of Beth, because Beth's on top of her game at the moment. And she's a player for the big day as well. In the quarterfinals last year, she had um she had a very strong, um, very strong day, like you know. So look, Waterford will be relying on, on her, but she knows that full well. And you know, I'm sure she she'll be well capable of of, of soaking in that pressure and, and bringing out a good performance. But yes. You know, if Tipper are going to win, they're going to have to get their matchups right, particularly on Beck Carton and on Eve Rocket, for sure. As you said earlier on, you're feeling this is a very, very difficult one to call. Of all the quarterfinals we've had over those eight years, I know we had the shock with Dublin and Wexford a couple of years back. This is really one of the hardest to call, but I put the gun to your head. Who is going to do it? Yeah, look, it is a very tough one to call. I don't think there's going to be much in it. I'm going to, I'm going to give it to Waterford to shade it. And the reason is, look, I think both teams have, have very talented forward lines in particular. But I think the momentum is going a little bit with Waterford at the moment. You know, they're coming a long time. And just a couple of players missing for tip. I'm not sure if that will drag down the mood a small bit. And it just might give, give Waterford the edge going into this game. It would be a massive result for Waterford if it does happen. 2.45 tomorrow, live in RTE2. And we'll be talking about it again over the course of next week. That's our look at the All-Ireland Senior Camogie quarterfinals. We'll be down to four teams in that competition by tomorrow. There's also another big game taking place at six o'clock. We're going to talk about it again in just a moment. But beforehand, I, during the week, I got a chance to talk to Tyrone Camogie manager, Declan Sherlock. I like listening sports dance because... I like to listen to ladies football and ladies camogie.
Now I'm delighted to be joined by the Tyrone Senior Camogie Manager Declan Sherlock as we look ahead to the first All-Ireland Adult Final of this year. And Declan, a big game for Tyrone, a big game for your side and a big battle coming up against Cavan on Saturday night. Oh yeah, <clears throat> absolutely Darren. Like, they're, they're clear favourites, Cavan is, having beaten us twice in the last year. Uh, I mean, the last time we played them there in October, they beat us 3-12 to 5 points. And yet we had about 50% of possession. So, I mean, our conversion rate was poor enough and Kevin are very strong. But we're looking forward to the challenge. As you mentioned that game, the first round of the group contest, I actually watched that game as well. And it was really just down to taking scoring chances. And Kevin got a foothold uh, um, uh, afterwards too. He had the victory against Loud since he got the scoring up that day with 425. So you'll be hoping that that has helped to try and address those issues. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, Look, we only got together um, as as a team on the first night's training was the 4th of October. Um, I don't know how long Kevin had been training, but for us now, it was only getting together. And a lot of people coming onto the panel that have been together. And we were basically experimental that day. And hopefully we've settled a bit now, five, six weeks on, and we're probably in better shape to score a bit more. Anyway, whether we beat them or not now is another thing. But uh, we're definitely going to give it a good go anyway. How have you found it since um, the panel got together, as you mentioned at the beginning of October? I know at times promoting the game in Tyrone can be difficult, but you've got some good, strong players in your in your team as well, and no doubt a very settled squad now. Listen, as I say, the first time we played Cavan, we like we weren't sure where our best, where our players played best, or or vice versa. Do you know what I mean? It was a sort of a sort of feeling in the dark type situation, but. I do think that after the game against Loud and a couple of good training sessions and stuff like that, we found a couple of round pegs for round holes as opposed to, you know, square pegs for round holes last time we played. But uh, I, I'm looking forward to it, quite honestly. With you. It's going to be a big challenge for them. The girls are up to it as well. And despite the fact of all this starting and stopping with COVID and return to play stuff and missing girls for whatever reason and work, because, I mean, they... The fixture has been changed a couple of times, uh, date-wise. And when we give the girls the dates as much as we can to start of the year, the girls worked their shifts around that. And now they've changed again, where it was supposed to be on Sunday the 15th. is now on Saturday night, 6 o'clock. So we have to reassess and see who's available for that now as well. And we don't have all our full answers back yet. And for an All-Ireland final as well, it, 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 it can't be frustrating too because you're trying to plan uh, for a season, the biggest game of the career for no, for majority, if not all your players as well. So as you mentioned there, when it's hopping from Sunday to Saturday, you know, it's very difficult to kind of keep that momentum with the squad. Oh yeah, it is. It is because, like, we had all the answers. We had the, all the availabilities that we knew of for for the Sunday. So we're working off that. And then the change there last week, which which gives us a Saturday night, which between retail and hairdressers and stuff like that, I mean, we're caught with that. You know, um, I'm not sure what the, the lockdown situation in Cavan, but I know that some of these places up here are still open and they're due to be open this weekend, I think, if it serves me right. I know some of the girls who work in, in the medical profession and stuff like that, they're finding it hard to get off. So we had it all sorted for Sunday, but they've changed it again to, to suit a football match, apparently, and on Sunday in Inishkeen, where we're playing. 
Okay, because like as I say, when, when, I suppose as you just mentioned there as well, it's easy for those down in, in 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 the Republic of Ireland with everything shut down at the moment. But of course, it's not necessarily the same in Northern Ireland, and there's many professions that are affected. And Saturday is a big working day for a lot of young players. It is, of course. It is, of course. And really, our our team, like it is, it is fairly young, and there's lots of them part-time jobs and trying to make money for themselves for college and stuff like that. So we have been affected, but look. We'll have to work with what we have and go with it. Hopefully you're not affected too much, Declan, because even just looking at your players here in front too, there's some very, very talented players. We talked about the importance of taking scoring chances as well. And like the Sally McCann and Kelly Cuddy were very, very important in that in the game against Loud. And no doubt you'd be looking for a big contribution from them. Oh, yeah. I know. Listen, Sally wasn't there for the first time against Cavan. And like uh, she does, she she... She's the type of player that can then create a score, you know, in there in the full forward position. But sure, we're not even sure if she's going to be available for this Saturday either, you know, because of the change, you know, the short change, you know. So we just have to wait and see. We won't get our full answers till midweek. We certainly hope that she will be there for you as well. How will the, um, you have a few dual players in the squad, if I'm correct. How was the footballers' elimination? Have you managed to benefit from that? I know Gronje Rafferty was involved the last day. Yeah, well, Grania would be one of the main ones. She plays, uh, she plays Camogie for herself, as you know, and she plays for the Tyrone Senior Ladies. And while she was um, unavailable for a couple of training sessions there because of the footballs were out in games and stuff like that, but you know, apparently now she's free this weekend because she was there for for our Loud game, but she wasn't there for our Cavan game. Nick, and I know you don't just manage the team, but you also do an awful lot of work in promoting the game in Tyrone as well. How, even including what you've just mentioned to me already, how difficult is it to get the game driving? Because there's been good work done in Tyrone. You could see yeah, the progress being made as well, but it must be frustrating too when you're when you're trying to battle against all these elements to give the county and give these players the best opportunity that they can have. It is. You're always fighting against it. Natural fact, the COVID um rules and everything shut down has been a sort of a benefit to us and having more players available and uh, it, it is but when in normal circumstances the club the club championship is on similar times to the county and we're trying to get them the girls out from that and the club wants them for this and we want them for that and sure I mean all these very best players are pulled from pillar to pose and not their fault you know, but it is, it's, uh, we have to come up with sort of like the split season where the club is not on the same time as the league and the championship and we try and run with our best team, you know, rather than trying to fill positions and stuff like that when girls aren't available. And even what we've seen this year as well, like it, it's been one of the big talking points in the year that we've had is that clubs had their players at a certain period of time and that's important for um, the clubs benefiting as well. And then at least when they're with the county, then they're away from the clubs and there's no as you said, stop and starting. Listen, to my mind, the club is very, 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 very important. Like the clubs spend their whole life nursing these players, developing these players and we get the finished article. And it's unfair of us to turn around and demand their time exclusively, you know, from from their club. So we, we try and share as much as possible. But like if the club has a championship game and stuff like that, and sometimes it takes precedence over us because we can pick from bigger bigger squads, if you know what I mean. Well, the club's very important, really important. I agree with you completely. Club and county should never have the battle over, say, especially championship no, matches as well. No. Um, one positive, I suppose, in one way, I know you have to look at who's available, is that 
that you're guaranteed two more games regardless of what happens. How important is it for developing these players in Tyrone that they're going to have a crack against Roscommon uh, or Armagh regardless of what happens on Saturday evening? Yeah, that's a, that's a good thing for us. You know, it is a good thing for us. Uh, I mean, the winners of this game against Cavan on Saturday night play uh, Roscommon. And then the losers play Armagh. And Armagh gave Roscommon uh, sort of score-wise uh, a fairly hefty beating there, whatever, a few weeks ago. And I, we're building and building and building. If we, if we, we are progressing and improving. And regardless of results, if we can improve each game and get structures in place, the girls, girls like organisation. And it only helps for us to keep our numbers coming and hopefully it'll bode well for next year. Well, we certainly hope that you continue to build as well. And of course, going back to Saturday's game as well, which is our main focus too, we've talked about the certain areas that you want to improve on. How confident are you if you have the deck now? I understand that you have, when we're recording this interview, you you still have to work out exactly how many players you have available to you. But how confident are you if you have the majority of them? I won't go say all, majority of them together and you get the performance out of them that you can win the Nancy Murray Cup on Saturday night? Well... I would say I would have about seventy-five percent. I mean, if we get if we get ninety percent of our girls out and we play the way we can, the scoreline will not be the same. I'm not saying we'll be, win, but I'm saying we will be scoring more than five points. So we, we'll be improving on our performance, and hopefully we'll be closer to cabin, and hopefully pit them at the post too. I mean, we're not out there just to compete and take part. We're there to try and win. You know. I've absolutely no doubt that you will be competitive, much more competitive than that previous game, as you mentioned mentioned as well. Yeah, but we were we, we we were competitive, but we didn't convert. I like listening to sports dads because he has famous celebrities, and I guess listen to him, Darren Kelly. So that was the Tyrone Camogie manager, Declan Sherlock. And tomorrow evening at six o'clock, live streamed on the Camogie Association Facebook page, it's Cavan against Tyrone in the Nancy Murray Cup final. Rena, we talked a good bit about this with Imelda on the Camogie show yesterday. So we just talk about it briefly. Um, this is like, it's an iron final. It's just as important as any game that takes place in Crow Park as well. But I suppose too, there'd be a massive lift for the winners of this game uh, with the trying to promote Camogie in their county to get an All-Ireland title and, and something for younger players to look up to. Absolutely. It's it's a massive, massive game for both teams. Um, you know, it's it's huge, I suppose. You know, the same as everyone else, they've, they've put in a huge amount of work into it. Um, I know that... Look, I suppose Cavan will be the favourites going into the game. Um, I think I think they've been going well. They've had a win over Tyrone earlier on the, in the championship, and they had um, a strong win over over Lowth as well. Um, so I'm sure Cavan will be will be favourites going in. But look, this is anyone's game. Close neighbours up there, I'm sure they know each other inside out. Um, and certainly, look, I suppose it's 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 very like look, they'll be looking to win the Nancy Murray Cup. But I think the 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 main thing is that they'll be looking to get up to the next level and to get competitive at the next level as well. Um, and if they can do, you know, if they if they can win win the Nancy Murray, um, they'll celebrate that. But getting up to the next grade and being competitive in the next level, that's what, you know, any team that wins wins at the weekend, they'll be looking to, to do that for, for next year. And of course, you say that as well, there was one positive to come out of the 10 second teams being taken out. And um, it's disappointing as that. It means that two teams are getting a crack 
as our man Ross Common the following week in the um, Premier Junior semi-finals as well. So, uh, like Havens form, as you mentioned there, they'd have to go into the game as favourites. They beat Ross Common in the league as well, it must be remembered. And there's a golden opportunity for them to, for these two counties, whoever um, wins this game, let alone who gets to play the following week, to make massive strides this year that they probably wouldn't have expected to make this soon. Absolutely, yeah, but I suppose, look... Well, God closes door, he opens the window, doesn't he? <laughs> so, ah, look, it's it's a huge opportunity, and I look like if if it was if it was me playing on those teams, that's what I would be. Particularly if you were a younger player on any of those panels, that's what you'd be hoping. You'd be trying to get up the grades and playing up as high a level as you can. And you know that's the opportunity that's afforded to these teams, and that's where you want to be. That's how you learn. That's how you develop. Um, and going forward, that's that's exactly what you want. So huge game for both teams at the weekend, and you know they've plenty more you look forward to. And we're looking forward to it as well. Six o'clock tomorrow evening in, in a skein on the Camogie Association Facebook page. You just heard from the Tyrone manager, Declan Sherlock. If you want to hear from Jimmy Greville, the cabin manager, check out Sports Dance Camogie with Amanda Hoppins. He was on with us yesterday. That's our look at Camogie for the weekend. And now we're going to go to ladies football. And Rina, I'm going to go to um, this game first. I've got the wrong page open here in front of me. Um, Big win for Cork last week against Kerry. I know even I was probably trying to to tout up the shock when we were talking last week uh, to give Cork their due. They stepped up at crucial moments in that game, got the important scores, and beat a Kerry team that would have fancied themselves coming in. Yeah, um, it was it was a great game of football first and foremost. Um, I was very impressed by by Kerry. Kerry were very well organised. They played they played together very well as a unit. You know they. You know, particularly, I suppose, their forward line, they work together in terms of, you know, boxing in the cork, the cork backs, the, particularly the kick out from the cork backs. And then they filter back and the backs, the carry backs work together. And um, I suppose over the last couple of years, there's been a little bit of reliance on Louise Niverhertig. And while Louise would have chipped in with most of the scores for Kerry the last day, it was definitely a, a, a team effort. And, you know, each of them worked very hard. Just, you know, Louise was on the end of a few moves and... Um, but she, she took a few frees that, 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 that went over for them. But I, I was hugely impressed by, you know, the level of football from Kerry, the spirit within the team and the balance within the team. Um, now, that's it. Cork played very well as well. Um, and they got a goal at the start of the game against the run of play. And to be honest, that was the difference between the two teams. Um, but I suppose looking, looking as a Cork person, looking at the Cork team, I was, I suppose I was impressed enough with them. And what I was impressed with was... Um, I think with the, you know, they have, they have some good, strong girls in their team. And I think with the winter football that we have ahead of us, you know what? I think they'll give the thing a crack, you know. They have the two Sullivan girls. They have Anya Terry O'Sullivan. And they have Roisin Phelan. And they have, you know, they have a strong midfield partnership there with Mauro Callan and Hannah Looney. They're all big, strong girls. And I, I think with the, with the winter championship we have, you'd never know. Like, Donegal gave Dublin such a rattle in the, in the first game. You know, I think I think they'll go far in the championship and they'll give the whole thing a rattle. And especially with winter football too, uh, being a settled team, even when I was looking at my notes coming into this, there might be a lot of changes from the, te- from the team that you would have played with back uh, when Dole Ireland in 2016 and beforehand. But 12 of the team that started against Kerry for Cork started last year um, in the All-Ireland Championship as well. They were very, very settled side too and that experience is going to be important as the games progress because we talk about Cavan in a moment but you would assume Cork will get the job done and book their place in the semi-final. Yeah, look, I, 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 would, I would be expecting Cork to, 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 get, um, to get one over Cavan at the weekend. Um, look, Cavan have to be hurting after the, the game against Kerry 
Um, I suppose they were they were beaten well in that game, um, and I'm sure they'll be they'll be coming out and, and you know they'll be doing their best against Cork. But look, I, I think Cork will probably just be operating probably at a level slightly slightly higher. Um, you're you're right. They are they are quite a settled team. Um, Erica O'Shea came in, in in corner back, and I thought she acquitted herself very very well. Um, so she's an addition to them. It'll be interesting to see whether she'll start or not at the weekend. But look, overall they're settled. They kind of know what they're about. They close out the game against Kerry quite well. Um, so look, they'll be hoping to get through that game against Cavan and, and looking to, to to do well then from, from then going forward. Talking about Cavan as well, of course, Cavan is equal to win by 30 points, they've only chance of making the semi-final, but if they were to pull off a shock, it's Kerry that would benefit. Like, Kerry would be favourites the first day against Cavan. I know that Cavan lost a few players due to COVID-19 and bits and bobs at the time, but... Um, five fourteen to thirteen points. They certainly wouldn't have expected a tripping like that the first day. Yeah, I I wouldn't, I suppose. But I suppose when you dig a bit deeper, they are look. They're look. Kevin are down a number of players. Look, Ashing Doonan is injured. Shne- Sheila Riley is injured, and then they, you know they're down. Sinead Green. They're down. Laura Fitzpatrick. They're down. Rachel Doonan. They're down a lot of kind of regular players, to be honest. Um, and you know that's a third of your team. When you're down a third of your team, it does impact things. Um, look, they still kicked 13 points. You know, the Sheridans were excellent. You know, Don English is an excellent player. Um, but I suppose they're missing that overall balance on the team. And that's how Kerry were able to, to exploit them and, and, and get goals. So I suppose, look, I'm not, I'm not sure, you know, what exact tactics Cork will implement for the next day. But you'd imagine that on the balance that Cork are, are, are going to be a better team. And, and look, Cavan are going to struggle to, you know, quench fires in, 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 in all places, you know. So... Look, they are under a little bit of pressure, and I suppose, um, I suppose what Kevin will be looking for is, is a good performance in the game because look, they they'll probably have to go on and play a few more games, and you know they'll want to be staying in this championship for sure, which is a it's a it's it, it can be tricky at times. So they look to be getting a bit of momentum off the back of this game, you know, perform well and and, and build on that again. Exactly, exactly. It regards Cork to so qualifying. Just as you mentioned, there Cavan as well. While they have a good few of their attackers we've made, and they definitely can be dangerous, like Sebastian Sheridan and Gilson and Norm McVeezy. They only one defender uh, started against Kerry that started against Cork last year. Cork put in 619 on that occasion. Kerry scored 514 two weeks ago. You know, it's a massive change to a team when you're trying to make progress. Absolutely. Yeah. Look. I think 2020 has just been a difficult year for for Kevin. Um, I mean, you mentioned there that look, there are players missing due to COVID-19. They have a couple of couple of injuries as well. Um, look, Kevin isn't the biggest county in Ireland. They don't have the most number of players. So if you're down, you know, five of your starting six backs from last year, it's very hard to replace them in one year in one go. So look, look, there's plenty of football in 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 Kevin. They're a very pro county. I'm sure they'll build again, but just 2020 is, 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 I suppose, is a difficult year for them. So we'd be expecting Cork to get the professional job done and book their place in to the semi-finals. Uh, Rina, we're going to talk about the other live game on TV in a moment. Just want to talk about the other two games in particular. First, a quick mention, Donegal against Waterford. It's a pity. There's nothing to play for because both teams, despite being in with Dublin, would have had great ambitions for the year. Yeah, absolutely. And both teams acquitted themselves really well against Dublin, it has to be said. Um... I suppose in particular Donegal, the first day out, I thought I think it's the game of the year so far, Donegal and, and Dublin. I thought it was a, a cracker, it was a humdinger, it was intense stuff. Like you would not have known that neither team had played a game in six months. They hit the ground running. There was uh, there was 
there was massive tactics at play, but there was fierce intensity and and drive. And um, even though the conditions were terrible on the night, you know they, they played an outstanding game of football. And um, look, Dublin got out on top on the on the night. You know, I suppose look, they deserved their win, but Donegal really put in a great great account of themselves, and they can be very proud of themselves. Likewise, Waterford met them last week, um, and again, Waterford pushed Dublin. You know, all the way. Um, I think Lindsay Davies was excellent on the night. Um, and geez, if, if Lindsay was, was out injured or anything like that, I think Waterford would have pushed Dublin even more. So look, Waterford will be quite pleased. They, they had a good first day out against, against Dublin, um, particularly when Dublin had the experience of playing against Donegal the week before. They, had been, they were a bit sharper. Um, so look, both teams will, will want to put in a good performance. Um, I suppose, look, they'll want to, to end the group stages on a high. They, no one wants to get two beatings in a row. Um, and look, it was a, a very competitive group, so it should be a good game of football. I asked Neve Kidlin on Wednesday, um, should, have been, should there have been quarterfinals? Now, she made a valid point at the time that back when the fixtures would be made, we didn't know how much football we were going to have. When you look at the championship so far now, what's your thought? Should we still have maintained the quarterfinals in this competition? Um, ah, look, I, I kind of would agree. It's, it's, um, it's a season that's very unknown. Like, I mean, we're in level five restrictions, you know, that, you know, we have to respect that as well. Um, I, I think it's fantastic that we're getting to watch football games, but you would be aware that, you know, there's, there's a bigger picture at play here as well. I think the ladies football have, have put forward an excellent championship. Um, you know, the, the, the four groups of three, look, you're going to have a couple of games like, like this game between Donegal and, and Waterford, you know, that, you know, groups of three can be a bit, a bit tricky at times, but I think, look, we're, we're going to be hitting from next weekend on, we're going to be hitting the, the knockout phases of the championship. Um, I, I do think the better teams will come out of the groups. Um, and look, I, I'm kind of content with the, with the number of matches teams, teams are playing. And on the flip side as well, if uh, two were uh, coming now, we wouldn't have these two mouthwatering games that we're about to uh, talk about to wrap up the show. Now, we did more, and go in more detail on Wednesday night show, but we definitely want to talk about it here because it's an effective quarter final arena. Um, Galway were last year's All-Ireland finalists they end up having to hold on against Tipperary the first day Monaghan had been written off by so many people and we know Monaghan team if they get ahead of steam going they're capable of doing anything this this great, great potential in this contest Massive yeah look um, Monaghan um, I suppose Monaghan were a real unknown before last weekend you know um, we, we really look you couldn't write off Monaghan because you know that they have they have such tradition in the county Um I know well from going up there to play league games, it's it's a nightmare most of the time, to be honest. Um, and, you know, they really had some of the older players, you know, playing. And, you know, it's very hard to write off a team when, you know, they have the likes of the McInespies and Cora Courtney. And, you know, that they if they were still driving on the whole thing, you know, it's very hard to write them off. We knew that they had the, the minor finalists from last year. And that was a game that I had seen. And I was very impressed with some of the individual performances from that, that Monaghan team. And it was easy to pick out that some of them would, would easily make the step up to the senior grade. But I suppose the last couple of years hadn't been good for Monaghan. Um, and we didn't know what to expect. But by God, they, they showed us the opening quarter they played against Tipperary. Jeez, they were, they were really, really good. And so it was very, very obvious that they've been hurting for, for a long time. And they were really excellent in their performance against Tipperary. So... I suppose they're they're up against Galway this weekend, and it's almost like they're going to be in bonus territory in one sense because I suppose things were going so poorly for them last year. 
know, to get a championship win and to be, you know, to be, I suppose, in the mix in, in the championship. I mean, that's that's probably what they were. That was definitely their their first um, their first goal for this year. So so certainly they have that achieved, and you know they'll be very much able to to cut loose, enjoy their football, and 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 put put Galway to the pin of their collar. They'll be full of confidence at the moment after that victory, and of course they showed great composure as well going down to fourteen players in the closing stages of that game against Tipperary. Mitchell Cork Courtney, what a performance she had, especially in the second half, and Kieran McInnesby and Ellen McCarran as well. Regards Galway, they got the job done the first day. We saw what they're well capable of doing as well. But you still kind of did we see enough from Galway there to suggest that they like they're going as favourites for the game. I'm not suggesting that they won't by any means, but that they can be serious contenders in the All Ireland Championship race. Yeah, um, yeah, it's interesting you say they'll go in as favourites, though, because I suppose both Manhattan and, and Galway played played Tipperary and. Um, you know, they, there wasn't a whole point. It was a one-point victory, I think, for both teams, you know. So I'm sure Manhattan will be looking at that and they'll be thinking we're every bit as good as Galway. Um, going back to Galway, look, we know they got to an all final last year and, and in that final, you know, they did quite well. They, they had a lot of possession of the ball, but they just didn't get enough scores on the day. Um, I think the, the weather was not was not atrocious, but we, or it was atrocious, apologies. But, I mean, we won't be expecting anything different, they'd say, in 2020. It would be worse, if anything. Um, Galway, I suppose, against Tipperary at half time, they'll have been very pleased with where they were. You know, they came out of the blocks that day. They showed an awful lot of um, potential and an awful lot of comp- composure. You know, they they were very good on their kickouts. They worked the ball well up the field in terms of they were able to kick past the ball up the field. They were able to run the ball up the field, and particularly in the first half, when Tipperary had a player Sinbin that suited Galway down to the ground in that in that. That overlap was available and, and they really ran through ran through Tipperary. However, in the second half, Tipperary really put it up to Galway, and you could see that Galway were under pressure. No, they did respond and they got two points in particular during that second half that just kept Tipperary, you know, just off them the whole time. But I suppose Galway will have gone home really, really questioning themselves. I think the week off probably came for them at the correct time and that they'll have been given a chance to to work on their weaknesses at training and I suppose they'll, they'll be given a chance as well to build on their confidence before going into the next game so are they contenders for the All-Ireland Championship? You'd have to say they are um, they got to the final last year they've pretty much the same personnel this year um, do they have shortcomings? They definitely do, yeah um, but I suppose the fact that they were so obvious the first day it gives them a little bit of time to work on it. I, I think they'll probably regroup and they, they will be stronger, you know, from, from this point on. So if you were to call it there, do you think Galway will have enough or can Monaghan spring the surprise? I think Galway will shade it, but I don't think there'll be a whole pile in it. Definitely was a game we're really looking forward to watching on Sundays. Well, please clash, the two games are clashing, um, but that's the nature of the beast. We better get on to the last game there as the clock is getting away from us. And Rina... A football side of things, another game, looking forward to these two sides have shared 10 goals and 33 points in, in their opening games. It's, when it was brought forward to quarter past three, I was going, oh damn, because it's dashing with the temporary Waterford Camogie match, so there'll be some decisions to be made about what gets watched live, but Armagh against Mayo, this was always, at the start of the campaign, this was considered to be the toughest group. Now, it didn't happen for Tyrone this year, as we've seen. 
Uh, but Mayo and Armagh would have been the, the two favourite sides to get to this position and set this match up. And a real humdinger looking forward to tomorrow. Yeah, looking forward to, to the game tomorrow. Um, it's 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 definitely the toughest one to kind of... Um, it's the toughest group to kind of understand, to be honest. The the results are, are I suppose, they're a little bit mad. I suppose, first of all, we had um, Armagh and Tyrone. And, and I suppose, look, Armagh and Tyrone games, it's hard to kind of understand what happens. And then them games, you know, they're they're such close rivals, they can kind of go kind of go anyway. Um, so we ended up with Tyrone scoring 3-12 and losing the match um, by a good bit, I think by 12 points in the end to an Armagh team that scored 6-16. Um, so look, from I suppose look, Armagh were able to to get scores quite or get goals in particular. I think Tyrone will be disappointed that um, you know they were quite loose in the defence in particular. Armagh scored quite a number of goals that um, maybe against another team they they mightn't get a, the same same number of goals. Um, and then I suppose Mayo went away and they played Tyrone. In the in the second game in the group, and Mayo beat them four seventeen to four points. So while Mayo didn't quite get the same number of goals, they certainly shut down Tyrone's forward line a lot more. Um, so look, it's a it's a difficult one to call, to be honest. Um, look, we, we don't know. I suppose it's it's. I, I I say this is the hardest one I'm going to find to in football to call this weekend, to be honest. Um, I'm not sure exactly where the teams are at. Both teams look to be flying, and when when both teams meet, when they clash, I'm not sure which one of them is flying more or which one of them is flying less. It's 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 just going to be a little bit difficult. I watched the, the Mayo Tyrone match there, and you couldn't fault Tyrone's honest endeavour. But after suffering a 12 point loss, no different to I suppose what we're expecting from Cavan on Sunday. It's very very hard to get yourself back in the championship hunt. Mayo dominated the game at the start, didn't really make the scoreboard tick until the second half. But again, it was their first day out as well. They'll feel they're taking off a lot in this. Likewise, we heard from Roland Murphy on some of our shows here. They're conscious too that they can't afford the luxury of conceding 313 uh, to this Mayo team that's will definitely, with the, when you look at Sarah Rowe, who was the marquee name for them standing out, can do big damage. Oh yeah, sure, Sarah Rowe had a, a massive game against Tyrone the last day. But like, they have a lot more than Sarah Rowe, to be fair to them, you know. You know, they have, I suppose, Grace Kelly would be another, I suppose, excellent player in the far line. But I suppose they have um, Aileen Gilroy as well playing with them. And I think Aileen is a, an exceptional player. So I suppose that'll be a great clash around the middle of the field between... Um, you know, if Caroline O'Hanlon is going to be deployed around the middle for Armagh, you know, herself marking Aileen will be um, be a nice little tussle to to look forward to. And look, I imagine that both forward lines have the, the potential of scoring scoring goals. So it's just a matter of who's going to get possession to them, you know, better possession, quicker, without allowing the opposition to get bodies back behind the ball. You know, whoever manages that, I think, will probably will probably come out on top. Most certainly too, and as you mentioned, there were Grace as well. And of course, Mayo had Fiona and Deirdre Doherty come off the bench and get big scores in that match. And then we've already spoken about our man, Eva McCoy, with her hat trick the first day. Amy Mackin, you know, player of the month as well. We mentioned Lorraine Brain for water. We should mention Amy Mackin as well, player of the month for the WGPA in ladies football. Kelly Mallon, what a leader she is as well. Like, you know, just the stars that can really stand up in this game. And it's it's great that it's live on television because people can get to watch this because there's so much star, star quality in this match. There is, absolutely. Yeah, and it has a, it has a potential, you know, for there to be 
for there to be an awful lot of, look any any game that um, Amy Mackin is playing there's potential for there to be an awful lot of goals scored to be fair um, but you know there's there's you know both teams are are well balanced there you know there are stars all over the pitches for both teams so look um, it's it's going to be a mouthwatering um, encounter for sure. I think yeah, we'll wrap up after this. I think defensively is going to be important as well. Uh, obviously, too. Claude McCambridge has made a good strides as our math fullback this year. May will probably have those more experienced players um, in, in the in their back six. Um, they probably do, and they're probably yeah. Look, I suppose Mayo. There, there's probably a bit more experience in this Mayo team. You know, it's um, they would have contested the the All Ireland final in. 2017 wasn't it? That's great, yeah. 2017, you know. So you know they they have players that have have played in Crow Park. You know, Peter Lee is with them a while. He's been he's been building this team with a long time, um, and you know they they seem to be playing with you know with 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 serious confidence. So look, if they're going to get a win, there's no way they're going to have to they're going to allow Armagh to score six goals. That'll be a very very difficult task if they do. Their their defense will have to you know to have to tighten up on on the Armagh forward line, and if they do that, they certainly have the potential going forward, and they probably have a little bit more balance in their team overall, I would think, um, and particularly if the if the if the conditions are difficult to play in, I I, I think Mayo traditionally have very um uh, very strong play in terms of their football. They usually have, they're usually excellent footballers, and they have a lot of strength in their team. If the conditions are poor, that'll suit the the Mayo girls an awful lot. Um, so look, I, I I think that they probably have a little bit more experience. Um, if the conditions are a bit poor, I think they'll shade it on the day. So a, a slight nod to Mayo, but a, but a tight one. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Rita, thanks to me and again a game we're looking forward to as well and make sure you get to watch all the action on television through streaming of Okamogie and Ladies Football tomorrow and Sunday as well five big games in the Intermediate Ladies Football Championship you can get those fixtures on Sports Stars again Rita, I have to apologise we well overran but thanks to me and for joining us here on the Curtain Razor uh, next week it's Intermediate Okamogie Semi-Finals and Junior Ladies Football uh, Semi-Finals to look forward to Rita, are you going to be out anywhere yourself over the weekend? I'm going to be at the Camogie quarterfinals in Park Equive on Saturday. So really looking forward to those those two games. It promises to be a great day at Camogie. We look forward to watching it. With that being said, this was the Curtain Razor. Enjoy your weekend. Whatever game you watch, we'll be back with the third half on Monday. And of course, my seven, Rena. We'll be back again next Friday with the Curtain Razor. With that being said, thank you, Rena. Thanks, Darren. Thanks, Rena.